Greetings and salutations to all our fine podcast listeners, watchers, whatever you're doing. We're glad that you're here. I always do something different so I that Ed will laugh. I never That's know what's going to happen right there. And I don't know what's going to happen. And, I, and I'm glad that it tickles you. Uh, it does tickle so, me every right. time. So I'm Jason. This is Ed. This I'm laughing. an easy audience. He's Jason. the laughter track over here. <laughs> and Nathan's over here. We're part of the teaching team at Community Christian Church here. And uh, we're going to have another conversation to help folks think about their world, think about their lives, think about everything in the way that Jesus would have us to. So we got another listener question. Yay. And this one, um, the answer to the question is not going to take long. <laughs> Oh, you mean the Bob question? No, no, no. No, <laughs> not the Bob question. We're going to get to the Bob question later. I'm going to save it. You said, you said on the last podcast we were going to get on the Bob. Well, I have another quick question at this point. Oh, okay. But right. my, here's what I was trying Bob, to say. Bob, I'm working for you, man. I'm here's trying. what I was trying to say. The the direct answer to this question will take us very little, but there's a discussion that I think we Because it's a have. yes or no question? kind of is a yes or no question. Well, but like then, this. Can we guess at which one? I'm going to take no. Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he answered the question before I even asked it, y'all. That's brilliant. But he had a 50-50 shot. I did have a 50-50 shot. All right. So here's the question, which is going to lead us to a greater discussion. And it might be a question that people have out there. I don't know, but it's certainly one person. Is the prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39... Glad I took no. I'm so glad I took no. <laughs> is the prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39 about the current war between Russia and the Ukraine? No. There you go. Good job, Ed. I don't know if I could tell you what it was. I think you mentioned to me what it was, and I know I know that prophecy in brief, but not enough, so I'm going to also say no. Gog and Magog. It, yes. Yeah, but I don't know enough about Gog and Magog. To, Basically, it I, says... I, I you know, know I took a class, and I had to probably write a paper on it at some point. You know who else doesn't? Not very many people no. know much about Gog and Magog. Mm-hmm. That whole class not on, a lot. on Old Testament prophecies. No. Well, the broader discussion that I think this question brings up is how do we read Bible prophecy? Because, you know, there's a genre of literature within the scriptures that is prophetic, yep. uh, pointing towards future events. The problem comes, I think, in Christian circles is when everybody's trying to decipher what who this is and what this means and what this thing symbolizes and, you know, and, of course, you know, all that stuff has been going on for generations. And so I think it, the better discussion is how how do we approach... We have had this discussion before, how not to read the Bible. We've had that around this podcast a yes. lot, if you've been around. And so uh, let's, let's have that discussion when it comes to prophecy because the truth is, and we mentioned this before we hit record, prophecy is one of those things that people get wrong all the time. Yeah. And it, we see it very clearly when they do. Well, and you... It it's all. I had a conversation with some folks this morning about I, this kind of idea. The problem has always been with prophecy is when you're trying to interpret a current event as if you know for sure it fits into an ancient prophecy. Mm. I can't tell you people who've ever gotten that right, not ever, not once, ever. including the ones that we look at and go, well, there's so many clear prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus. There are. And everybody who was alive when Jesus was there got them all wrong. They mm-hmm. did not think he fulfilled them. None of the apostles are writing down and going, 
I now believe you're the son of God because of all these things out of the, out of that. Not until but, way later. Yeah, they then put those in as proof that he was also the Messiah. They became convinced. John tells us in the book we've been looking at since the beginning of the year, the seven signs that he wanted people to see, none of which, well, they sort of allude to some Old Testament stuff, mm-hmm. but not prophetic kind of stuff out of the Old Testament. He doesn't say he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. He doesn't bring those kind of things up that later we point to and know that he fulfilled. All of that got done after the fact. Well, and it took Jesus teaching them it. We know for sure that after after his resurrection, it says in Luke that he sits and he explains yep. to them. He has to open their eyes to how everything he says mm-hmm. in the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Well, and what that me. means is... Every book of the Old Testament. So whenever you read a book of the Old Testament and you look at it and you say, oh, well, this is a story about personal struggle or this is a story about doing this or doing that. Every story is pointing to the need, in the Old Testament, is pointing to the need for a suffering Messiah to make things right between God and people. Every story is leading up to this thing. Even the good stories of like David being the king, it's, because I just did that with uh, my daughters. We went through the story of King David, and they love King David. And then I tell them the story of Bathsheba. And when you really tell them the story of Bathsheba, mm-hmm. you're talking about a story of sexual assault. And mm-hmm. they said, that's the guy that's a man after God's own heart? I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Is Even this man, who was such a good leader and so faithful, and everyone goes, he's going to make Israel great. Even he wasn't enough to fix it. There's one day going to have to be somebody who can do it perfectly. So even the good stories in that are really to lead us to, even that guy couldn't get right. Abraham, great man, messes up over and over and over again. Moses, great man, doesn't get to go into the promised land. Every story is, even these leaders who are, we get see in Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. are heroes of faith, even they mess it up. There needs to be Jesus. So when you read Ezekiel what was it? 38, 30, 39. 38 and 39. You're not, you shouldn't be looking into that going, what is a current event that might yeah, face us? Right. Where is Russia? You should be looking into right. it saying, where is Jesus? Which is clearly what the apostles do, which is why when you, if you see one of the things they say, and they go, this is about Jesus, and then you go look at it in the book, you go, this doesn't look at all. Like, it looks like they're forcing Jesus into this story, and that's what Jesus is saying is, it was always about me. Everyone just missed that right. until they see me. So when you see those kind of things, that'd be my answer. Ezekiel 38, 39, although I can't tell you what Gog and Magog has to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And some way, the whole story of Ezekiel is trying to set Jesus up. And I would say, because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be flippant with your question, um, but here's what I would say to you about that question that you just asked. I, please refrain from... Uh, jumping into those kind of discussions as a follower of Jesus too quickly. And here's why I say that. Because, as Ed just pointed out earlier, it's happened over and over and over again through the generations. Christians have jumped on a current event and they've said, that is right there in the Bible. And and once we get past it, it always happens. People, especially those outside the Christian community, look at that and go, what an idiot. You, You thought, you know, in World War II, people were doing this. People were doing every single conflict around the globe. They have done this very same thing. And then when we get through it and it gets pretty clear that they were wrong, it it really does do damage to the community of faith yep. in a lot of different circles. And so so I'm not I'm not criticizing if you're asking the question. Not at all. 
I would just warn you against being so certain that I have found a key in the scriptures that hasn't been revealed until this moment. Just hold that very loosely if you hear that and just and for me let it happen. You're it exactly go. right. I should probably refrain go back and let me re uh, frame my original answer of no. The correct answer is I don't nobody know. knows. No, nobody sure. knows. That's, That's right. the correct answer. Yes. Because somewhere down the line, we may look back and go, or mm -hmm. not me, I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will look back and go, oh, that was the beginning of something. It's just nobody gets to do that in the moment. The only prophecy I can think of from the scripture that that happens with, and Jesus did this is on purpose. Mm -hmm is when he is predicting the destruction of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. which unfortunately most people lift out and now make about the second coming. Yeah. But he does it so as to protect the church. The young church is still in Jerusalem at the time. And we know from Josephus and other writings that they listened to what Jesus said and they did flee the city because he had predicted it and it was so clear. Mm -hmm. He said this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, and you they know, remembered by the what he said. Yeah, and they were saved because of yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That that one they could see be coming because he had made clear that's what's going was going to happen. But the ones that are very veiled and Old Testament and New Testament, when people say I can see this coming, we just have a long history of people being wrong. That's one thing I'd say. The second thing I say to for me and other people is, let's say it is. What are you going to do different today that you wouldn't have been that you shouldn't have been doing already? Mm -hmm. So, if we say this is the beginning of something somewhere that eventually, sometime, which we don't still know the exact date, exactly, is going to happen. So now you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so say this is it. What does that then trigger for you that you shouldn't? Well, we should go out and tell people. Okay. Should have been doing that, that always. If, if that's it, and you think somehow that you're going to scare people by thinking the end is coming, well, the vast majority of us, even if this is the beginning of the end that's going to happen in eight months, 10 months, 12 months, two years, whatever you think the end time period is going to be, there will be vastly more people meet Jesus before that date by their own death that you should have told them. You bring up a good point, Ed, that I wanted to get into, too. I jotted this down as a note. I, for me, the biggest problem I have with this approach uh, to current events and Scripture is because, it, for me, it, it does not ever—I've never seen it point Christians to the fruits of the Spirit. Right. I have only ever seen it point Christians toward fear-based tactics, right. fear-based living— and we know there is no fear in love. There's, that is right. very clear in the scriptures. And and I just it it I'm sorry if it, I'm getting a little amped up about it because it it's one of those things that bothers me when I see Christians leaning into fear as a tactic and as a way of life. It screams to me that we are not living the kingdom values that Jesus came to bring, and it drives me crazy because I I know there's a better way, and I I think it's a misguided yeah, approach. Me too. And that's what I want to say. I can't get, we know what our goal is. Our goal is to be fully loving to God and fully loving of people. Mm -hmm. I should be doing that because my, my, my day to meet Jesus could be in a few minutes. Mm. It doesn't have to be he comes back. And so whatever I think I'm going to do once I know when the return of Christ is, you ought to get on with that. 
Well, I think one thing that just the story of Scripture helps us to do, I'll say this to the other side, this isn't about whether this prophecy is about Russia and Ukraine, but I do think what Christians who are rooted in the story of Scripture, we should not be surprised that nations are at war. No. no. And I think the story of Scripture, but I hear so many people, I think the modern lie for American people and I think Western people in general, is this idea that the world is just going to get better and better and better because we're going to be better educated, we're going to have better economies, we're going to have all these things, and there, and people will just get along. People will realize things get along, and so then a pandemic hits, and people go, I thought we were past that. <laughs> I thought we were yeah. past global pandemics. How in the world, with all these resources, can we be not past it? And how is it that we could have someone like Putin who could just have that much power and, and invade... It, which yeah. one ignores the fact that I know that Putin has more power, but that there have been wars going on the last 30 years around our world. Putin did this same thing in Syria just a few years ago. Yes. We didn't even seem to care. Right. That there's this whole... <laughs> Other than we weren't going to take their refugees. Right. <laughs> we have this whole level of... But my point is, when you read the scriptures, you understand that, that violence, war, uh, that, that things like sickness and death, they are a part of the disease that is sin. They are a part of the way that kingdoms of this world must operate and that the kingdom of God calls us to be witnesses to a different kind of kingdom that does not operate in that, right. those ways. And so when we look, when we see something in the scriptures that tells us about the constant wars that... I mean, Israel is always at war. They're always doing something. and that they, But it's almost, I mean, nearly always because God had said, hey, don't go do that. There are several times that God's like, hey, if you keep... Doing stuff you're not supposed to do. These other nations are going to come in. That's clearly his prediction. Yes, he keeps going. The nations are coming in. In fact, my guess is, once again, I haven't read this specific one, but most of those later prophets, Jeremiah, all those, they are predicting a specific time when the Babylonians and the Assyrians, these different nations, they are coming in. They are going to wipe out your nation. And then all of those lamentations is a response to that. Many of the Psalms are responses to things like this where you just read, it is normal if you are going to live in a broken, sinful world. So when you, so when you say, is Ezekiel 38, 39 about this particular conflict? No. But is it about the idea that nations are going to war and that we need a king that can come in and, and bring true peace to our entire world and that when I see things in Russia and Ukraine, that it should cause sorrow in me, that it should cause a longing for a different kind of kingdom? That's what the book of Ezekiel is trying to get us to feel is, wow, look at the brokenness. Don't we need a perfect king who does justice for all people, that does it through peace, that does it through love? That And then when Jesus shows up, at, there are people who look around and go, I think that might be the God. Now, they don't point, like you said, to the specific That's prophecies, right. but those prophecies awakened within them this desire to, one day there's going to be a king. And he's going to do it the right way. Now, they obviously misinterpreted the thing. He's going to come in and bash their heads, and that's how he's mm. going to get it. But I think when you read those things, to be able to look at our world, uh, so many people in our world are dealing with tons of anxiety, uh, tons of uh, mental health things. It's particularly in response to things like that. But there's so much fear, like you said, mm -hmm. around these things. For Christians, these things don't have to cause us fear because we understand this is part of the broken world, what it should do is lead us to love and compassion and say, let me move towards people. Because the truth is, besides gas prices, 
the vast majority of us have not personally been affected by Russia and Ukraine. But what this should cause me to do is not be afraid, but to go, I'm, I am going to pray for Ukraine. I'm going to mm -hmm. see what are things I can do. I want to have compassion for people who are affected by conflicts. Not and, this one, all of them. And, yeah, and compassion for our, our Russian mm. uh, yes. friends as well who yep. are in a regime that they may not know all that's going on. That's right. Yes. Or they're forced to do things that they wouldn't choose to do if they weren't in the place they are. We don't have to choose... People can be our enemies, but we don't have to agree to it. Mm -hmm. mm, they can good. choose to make us their enemies, but we don't have to agree that we make them our enemies. That's right. We don't have to return the favor. That's right. All right. Um, before we go, I, I got one more question um, that I just wanted to... It was the, probably one of the most interesting questions we've uh, gotten, um, but I'm not even sure how to answer it, but I think we can discuss some points okay. out of it. Um, someone asked this, and it's obviously someone who uh, watches, listens to this podcast pretty often because they make a sort of a comment about what they've seen over uh, these past, what, 117 episodes. Okay. Maybe they've watched we them all. I don't it. know. We, we did make it. So here's the question. They said, all three of you most often seem to be of one mind biblically, which is understandable. But, but it, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> no, it's I, understandable. I, I, there's a little Pope coming. Here okay. it is. Is there anything from the Bible that one of you has a different interpretation on than the other two? And if so, what is it and why? Well, we'd have to discuss all of it to that's get to thing, that. That's the thing. That that's what that was my dilemma is because I, I was like, is there anything we disagree on? But like, I don't know. Let's. We'd have to go through all the topics, mm -hmm. and that's impossible to do on a podcast. But. What it, what it reminded me of is... Let's just start throwing out stuff. No. <laughs> what it really reminded me on uh, is how the truth is when it comes to stuff that we might disagree on. It's about more about how we disagree, I think, because this, here's, here's the way I'll get this started. I think, and this is probably something that a lot of people don't think about, I believe, and I think all three of us agree on this, the list of doctrines in the Bible that are so very essential that we would divide over is not that long. That I list know. is not yeah. long not at for all. me, and has gotten significantly shorter over say, time. We might disagree on how small it is. Some of us may Maybe. think it's a really, really tiny. Some of us go, it's minuscule. Mm -hmm. I think we would probably agree it is much tinier than most people think. I, yes. Fact, I'll and, be honest with you. I feel, and I wrote this in uh, my discipleship email today because we were reading John 17, uh, where Jesus prays that his believer, his followers would yes. all be one, mm -hmm. united, and that if we were one, the world would know that he yes. was, yeah. that God had sent him. I think one of the things that I feel uh, a lot of regret about, not in a way that, because there's not anything I can do about it but except to try to do better, is I have been willing to not work with people over things that I disagreed with them on. Mm. That I look back at now and go, that wasn't worth being disagreeable over. Yes. Right. Yes. That, that, that wasn't that wasn't among the big things I should have counted. I should have just let that all go. So I think what I was going to say based on you know that idea is the reason whoever asked this question, the reason you probably get that sense from us is because that's how we approach dis disagreement. Is um, we see it more as a 
a journey that all of us are on. We're on a different journey of of understanding things, of I'm learning more every single day. I don't necessarily hold the same views today that I did 5, 10, certainly 15, 20 years ago. Um, I have hopefully gotten closer to Jesus and his heart, and so I approach all those things better. And so even when or if some of us may say something that the other one's kind of like not there yet, I don't see it as a there's a disagreement and we've got to divide over it. It's more of a, huh, tell me more about that. Yeah, let's think about that. Because I can remember one time, I can remember one time, Ed, I think it was you and I were having a discussion and you you, you told me about this book that you were reading about uh, God and how, how God and the, the predestination. And oh, how, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was called The God Who Risks. Yeah, that's and right. And you said, I've been reading this book. And it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. And you started talking about some of the stuff you were learning in that book. And I went... I don't know if I'm there yet, yeah, but no. I'm interested. Yeah. You know, tell me where that's coming from. And so it might have been one of those things where I was just like, okay, let's talk about that. That's right. And so I feel like that's what happens when we ever do. And I think there have been things that we've all kind of learned at our own pace and mm -hmm. journeyed through at our own pace. And so I don't ever see them as, oh, we disagree. And certainly not to the degree of, well, now we can't talk or now That's we right. can't work together. Well, I think too, when you think about disagree, it just depends on what you mean by disagree. I mm. think the way you said it, I think is the easiest way to say it. Nothing has been disagreeable enough to divide. But I even thought when the person said this, when I first read this where it said, uh, you, know, you guys never seem to disagree, I think I disagree with them all the time. <laughs> but, I, but I realized it's because of the way that we disagree. I think for most people, what disagree means is that we're going to fight about we're gonna it, argue about and it. we're going to, or we're going to not now be friends. Mm -hmm. I, that's the nature of the way our conversation goes. Jason throws something off, right, and then mm -hmm. something, and then Ed says something, and then I go, oh well, let me kind of tweak that and say this. Now, this is the difference. I know you and I have even had this conversation about other things. I would frame that in my mind as disagreement, but not in a bad way. I would just go, we don't fully agree. I know for you, because of the way your mind works, you've said before, to you, if we agree on 75% of something, you see that as I'm basically good. I'm good agreement. to go. Yeah. <laughs> but in my, in my mind, we got to tweak that last 25% and not... By that point, I'm like, oh, I'm tired of talking about yeah, this. <laughs> this has gone on too long. So in my mind, there are often things that get said on the podcast, and I go, well, that's not really fully 100% the way I would say it, or maybe even the way I think about it, but... It is certainly not enough to say I think this person's wrong by what they do. It depends on what you mean by the word disagree. If what you mean is J Jason or Ed says something and I sit there and think, oh, that is completely wrong. We need to correct that so no one's gone. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had that on the podcast. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that in any meeting we've ever been Never. in. But I don't think, and y'all don't know this because you're not here, no one at, who has ever sat in a community Christian staff meeting could ever say, these guys never disagree on anything. Or not even a full staff meeting, just a few of us yes. about anything. Yeah. I mean anything. Yeah. So, But once again, <laughs> I don't think any of us would even frame that in our head. I would frame it as we disagreed. But not to the point of what it sounds like in this. Of mm -hmm. we had there was conflict and people left with hurt feelings. Right. And people once again people leave with hurt feelings well, sometimes. Yeah. But never we go clean those up. Yes, but not to the <laughs> point that any of us would go. And now no longer can we uh, engage with one another. Can we work together? Can we do this? And so I'm confident there are a lot of things that if all of us said we're going to talk about this till we 100% think alike. 
But I personally think, and this is where I was getting to, is I think that's the nature of the body of Christ yeah. is I bring a part of Christ with me because God, He wired me a certain way. That's and right. there, are, there are things I see that are beautiful about Christ. I bring that into the conversation. Jason's mind works a different way. Ed's mind works in a different way. And we've all been together that we know each other so well that I can hear Christ speaking through each of them. Yep. It's the nature of the body of Christ. If we fully agreed on everything... We might all be in a collective group think phase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have this, uh, I was just thinking where you're talking about, about disagreement, the things that, there there be things, that we have We have an elder who we all love, that when we teach, if we say a word that he doesn't agree with, <laughs> yeah. and I don't mean, he's not disagreeable, he's yeah. not going to, he's not going to make a big deal out of it, but his face will get so contorted yes. that I almost have to stop and go, what did I say? What, yeah. what is, I mean, it's just, he has such a physical reaction to it, but he's not necessarily going to, you know, get us fired. He does, you know, that all, well, that kind I, of. Well, and I know at the core, he loves us. He is for us. He is <laughs> for right. the church. He yeah. wants. He but wants there's a way we yeah. said the word or the way we put two words <laughs> together. Or I think it's the yeah. nature of doing life together, ministry. Well, and I will say that, and I also there's a level of, for us, there's a, such a level of trust in one another that even if I heard something initially that I go, hmm, I know enough about both of these guys that the place they're coming from is right. a Jesus-rooted place. That's right. And they are maybe in the midst of working through something and trying to figure it out. And so I just I just know where they're where they're at, where their heart's at. That's yeah. right. And I know they believe that about me too, yeah. because we just we just developed that over time. That's right. And so I'm never okay, we gotta talk about this because <laughs> I don't think we agree. I'm just like, well, he, he's figuring that out. And yeah. I'm figuring that out and we'll we'll get there and, and we've got We've got Jesus is the bedrock all that's along, right. and yeah. that's the one thing that holds it all together. And so the rest is, because I'm with you, Ed. I read the exact same chapter this morning, uh, you know, the prayer of Jesus when he said, I pray they'd all be one. And my reaction to my guys when I checked in with them is I said, it, I'm, I, ha I have to admit it made me sad. Yeah. Reading that chapter almost always makes me sad because it is the one time Jesus prayed for me personally. I am in Jesus' prayer, and he says, I pray that all of them would just be united. And every time I read that, I remember we're not. Yeah. And in, in one way it's encouraging because even Jesus' prayers don't get answered all the time. <laughs> but it makes me sad because I wish we were more united yeah. than we are as a church. And the downside for me is, uh, going back to that chapter, I realize at this point in my life I have actively worked against at times unity. Sure. Mm. We all have. And... Uh, it's just, it's a, it's sad to me. That was part of my prayer this morning. Is I'm sorry for the times I have worked against this by making things that don't matter, matter. Mm. So if we're wrong about Gog and Magog, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> you know? Me too. Yeah, because Jesus is still going to love me. He doesn't deal with me on the basis of whether I got prophecy and right or not. Even yeah. if we disagreed on that, we'd be just fine. It would be, I'd be okay. Yeah. I'd okay. be okay. We're moving on because we got bigger things to work. <laughs> That's right. So, all right. So that's this week's podcast. No Bob yet. Next week. <laughs> Keep putting it off. Okay. We got you. Next week, come back, Bob. We'll have your question. All right. Y'all have a good week. See you. Bye.